Station laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or mainstream outlets odious. Information's origin seems likely less atrocious. <laughs> Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We're Holy better. smokes, what a lunatic, right? I mean, so that that was the uh, the disinformation czar, Nina Jankowitz. Uh Head of, head of ostensibly the Ministry of Truth. Like every dystopian thing is now becoming a reality under Joe Biden. It's like some sort of like show tune uh, parody about disinformation, apparently, is what she was going for there. Apparently, she produces a lot of these videos. She's really into like TikTok and bullshit like that. I mean, if you see any of them, they're startling. Yikes. They're startling. Yikes. She is. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. So I recently. A crazy person. Uh, started rereading 1984 <laughs> and it is just like you know it's striking how similar it is to our current circumstances but i you always think dystopia would be like okay you know it's just like an evil empire and everything sucks but you never thought they would add insult to injury by sending a, a like a theater kid right to do their <laughs> dirty work totally right like, the ministry of truth is run by a theater kid like man like this is way worse than anything or well pick somebody come up with. pick somebody you're not going to shove into if, a if it was like you know run of the mill despot okay you know I, i'd respect like that. i should have seen but that one coming theater kid? i should have seen that one coming right like this <laughs> totally. one is the one you would never expect totally so we're going to cover this in, in a lot more detail. Uh, what it ostensibly entails is the fact that the Biden administration is now so concerned with disinformation that they have, within the Department of Homeland Security, appointed a uh, disinformation czar uh, you just heard from her. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking psychopath. Anyway, we're going to get into that in great detail. Uh, but we have a couple of announcements here up top. First of all, our guest today in studio, Congressman Patrick McHenry. Um, he's terrific for, for people who've been around DC for a long time you know this guy he, he's hilarious he's also incredibly good at his job uh, you're going to get a kick out of this for people who don't know him um, he's got a lot to say about fox fighting <laughs> turkey fighting like basically everything that we've talked about here on the Ruthless Variety program he's going to weigh in with both feet nice yeah it's great stuff it's great stuff so you're going to enjoy that uh, the second is uh, Masterworks. We are being sponsored again uh, today by Masterworks. And just remember, uh, a lot. we get a special deal here. For those of you who are listening and you want to be involved in this very special thing, and we've talked about it before because what we've talked about in, in areas of high inflation, uh, you have to diversify your portfolio in ways where you're actually investing in things that perform when everything else is going sideways, right? One of those things, oddly enough, I fine art. Yeah, and, and, and if you're just like looking at your portfolio this morning or you're just checking stocks in general, Amazon's down 25% year to date. So, you know, this is a really chaotic <laughs> environment. Blue you can't chip. just like roll with like what you've had. Blue chip ain't so blue chippy. Yeah. Right? So, but if you go to masterworks.art slash ruthless, masterworks.art slash ruthless uh they put you at the head of the line here and that's the thing is like you, not anyone can just like get in on this 
Right. This, this lets you cut the line. It lets you cut the line and it lets you take a look at like, you know, I don't know if you're into art or if you're into art, you're just going to be enthused immediately. If you're not into it, you may see some things that actually strike your fancy right. and you want to be a part of it. Because not everybody has $25 million to buy a Monet, but you've got like a hundred bucks. You can buy a fractional ownership of a piece of fine art. Right. I love it. And, and, and the performance historically has been terrific. So anyway, it's worth your time to go check it out. It's probably worth your time to invest if you see if you see fit because honestly, it's doing better than anything else in this <laughs> yeah, shitty economy. Right? <laughs> uh, third off, uh, we did Megyn Kelly today, um, and we had a ball. I mean, that was just a hot fire. Yeah, we had a, we had a hot. So thank her, her and everybody on that show again for having us on. Boy, they're terrific. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's a great friend of the program. I love doing her show. I feel like every time we go on it, it's like, man, I wish we just could have recorded this for our podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you know, but she's, I mean, she's great. And also a lot of credit, I think, uh, for Megan, because it kind of came up when we we're talking about like deep platforming and platforming, but she does a great job of like, you know, getting conservatives on there, getting their voices heard. Huge shout out to her because like, you know, she's got a big microphone and right. what does she do with it? Bring everybody up with her. Yeah, yeah that's totally true because there's an awful lot of people who see it the other way around. Right. Right. Who, who feel like they have this huge audience that they're going to try to keep to themselves mm-hmm. and, and basically exclude others from. She's the exact opposite. She's been that like that with countless younger conservatives. Yeah. Really appreciate the time that she's given us. And we always have a blast. Yeah. yeah. What a what a treasure. Totally. Absolute treasure. Um, so I want to start with a predict it. Um, you all remember last week we started, Jesus, Smug is already pouring himself a cocktail. I mean, it's, you know, it's a Tuesday show. We got to bring the A game for the folks. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a healthy pour too, pal. That's a really healthy um, Predictit.org has come into partnership with us, which is like a, a match made in heaven. We really, we now we can. Because, you know, we signed the contracts, but we would have done this for free. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted us to talk about predict it. <laughs> I, re- I remember when they sent us the email like, hey, would you be interested in this? I, I mean, we had to like not res- not respond to seem too eager. <laughs> <laughs> but like predictit.org slash promo slash ruthless 20. If you go there, they give you 20 bucks if you deposit 20 bucks. It's literally free money. And and what this is, is it, it's, an, it's an opportunity to bet on more stuff. Yeah. Yes. In this case, everything that we're talking about with politics, larger sort of societal movements, you can bet against basically anything they give you a market for. And we're into Republican primary season. Man, this is just like, like it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so like like I've said many times on this show, I've always been like a predicted junkie. Like especially you know folks who follow me on Twitter, you know if it's election night, I'm going ham on predicted because that is like you know there, it's one thing to have information, but you know information is like actionable and and accurate when you're willing to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, and that's basically predicted. It's people putting their money where their uh, where their mouth is and especially for the politics angle. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's yeah, incredible. So, so today is primary day in the state of Ohio. That's, I there mean, is a Republican so Senate primary that is gigantic. I Which mean, if, more, if there's ever been a soap opera in Republican politics, it's this. In the state of Ohio, we've never had this many candidates pursuing the nomination of one party 
in a statewide race. It's it's a history-making primary, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Well, and it's been a year long. The only thing I'm doing on Election Tuesday, I, I'm, I'm dead serious, is predict it. Like, it's just refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> Riding the markets. I'm right now, I'm probably in like four or five different markets. Yeah. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> you know, I like to hedge. <laughs> Dr. Bump and Dump. I, I make it, you know, I, I go way over complex than you need to be, but like, folks, you know, sign up, use that promo. And it's it's free money. So so I got to give party. A, I got to give a shout out to um, somebody on Twitter here, Mister E. Uh, that's M Y S T E R underscore E underscore twenty three. Is okay. the is the handle? It's a complicated handle. Well, Mister E had a great thread uh, over the weekend. Oh, here. I saw this. Yeah. Um, and I'll just read from it here. In honor of the ruthless podcast boys getting an ad deal with Predict It, I have a few value picks I wanted to share as primary season really begins to kick off man that is fantastic right to be clear the emphasis here is on value we appreciate that yeah let's start in ohio while i view vance as a slight favorite and would expect him to win gibbons and timkins evaporation provides a real lane for dolan polling backs this up worth the gamble at this cheap uh this cheap of a price that was from may 1st so that was from he saturday had, may, yeah. yeah and 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 what, no, was, what was dolan sunday. trading Do, dolan was trading at 17 cents then when he when he tweeted that dolan is now trading at dolan was lower than 17 when when dolan's 17 now when when he when he called the dolan dolan was like 10 cents oh no 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 he's talking about second place oh okay i think he's talking about second place well either way i mean look the, the if you go through that thread what you find is that the, the, these we're not alone Right, no. <laughs> there are a lot of people. No, a lot of people doing it. A lot of people who enjoy. Well, this. so it was. It was seventeen cents, and now it's at twenty whatever. Yeah, it's twenty five cents. It just goes, oh, for a second place finish, I need to get in the yeah, market. Yeah, it just goes to show you how sophisticated this platform is, because you're not only you're not just betting on the winner; they have prop bets for second place and so on. And I, I'm even willing to give the classic example. You know, when uh, Yunkin won that election day, I was the dummy who was just betting on Yunkin markets. And everyone here was cleaning up. I win some Sears. I win some Sears. Yeah. No, you got to pay attention to this stuff. But you know what? At some point, we're going to talk to Predicted about our own markets, ruthless markets. It really needs to be right? a thing. Because like one of the things that came up over the weekend, uh, you know, that, that book that made all of the headlines last week by Jonathan Martin mm-hmm. and Alex Burns about, you know, Trump, McCarthy, whatever. It was just like a endless a bunch of nonsense in Republican primary circles of, of discussing about what's what and every single national publication printed like talking points from the DNC throughout right. the entire week right, right. and then like to the point where morning newsletters like oh is Kevin McCarthy going to survive right. this? it's like of right. course he's gonna fucking survive it because nobody's paying attention to any of your shit um, but but in the end on Sunday, they were on Meet the Press. And I don't know if you guys noticed, you definitely did not tune in. I didn't either, but I saw this on Twitter. Um, they talked about Kamala and how in in the early days of the White House, she had great complaints to the West Wing, to Klain and others, about the fact that staff never stood when she walked oh, into the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about how they never stood. And, they, and she felt as though they didn't ever provide a level of, respect that her office are you had for real that is so yeah right and so it goes on and on with all of these sort of like specifics of of how they're just like this is a fractured relationship within the white house and which is way more consequential by the way because they're in the ha- inhabitants of the white house than anything we heard last week about what happened two years ago right 
Like this is big news. And what I was thinking at the time was like, wouldn't it be great if we could start a predictive market? How many headlines in the New York Times and the Washington Post do you think we're going to see about that story? Great oh, idea. Oh, like great an, idea. a really exotic oh, wow. prop, prop bet. It's a great idea. Right? Yeah. And like the answer, the over under would be one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you, I would take the under because I don't think anybody's going to write about that shit. But it's great if we could figure out how to bet on the media in addition Holy to the... Holy moly. I mean, that's, right? that, I, think, I think you're onto something there, buddy. Take my money. So, yeah. dear, 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 dear listener, if you if you weren't clear uh, with us by now, we, we really love this. Uh, yeah. We love Predicted. If this, if this wasn't clear, um, you know, get involved. Go to predicted.org backslash promo backslash ruthless 20. Sign up. Free money. Predict politics. It, it's fun. It, it's literally free money. Free money. Uh, all right. With that, let's get into some five stars. Um, Michael, you want to lead us off? Um, yeah, sure. All right. So this first one is from ADK817. As a conservative living behind the Iron Cur- Curtain and masked up New York City, Ruthless has saved my sanity. There's nothing like walking through the city unmasked, laughing and smiling as you guys own the libs. I can't be sure, but those libs walking outside triple mask can't be happy to see my joyful face. If only they knew what I was listening to. Uh. <laughs> I love it. They That's would be so one. mad. Uh, Smash, we haven't gotten you in on one. Uh, how about you take this next one? Okay, this one is titled, What a Ride. It's a five-star from WC Minion. And here's what WC Minion writes. Been a fan of the program since before all the singing. I always laugh at Smug reminding himself and the listeners of the rules to King of the Hill because I'm old enough to remember its original title, quote, Spot the Dem Operative. Wow. Oh, oh gee. That's oh, OG. That's OG. Really? Confession time. Back then, the three-man podcast had a behind-the-scenes <laughs> producer who Holmes referred to as Smash. Unaware of his glorious and thundering vocal <laughs> here ability. Here we go. Here we go. I attributed the ringside performance to Duncan seems crazy in today's eyes that we were all so young back then. <laughs> Keep up the energy and pushing back on the current thing. A four-man podcast suits you. Oh. P.S. It was a sloppy bracket, but I did have the queen going back-to-back. Cheers. An MS minion. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Never taking an opp- missing an opportunity, rather, of uh, shining his own tires. Yeah, well, that was an OG minion reveal. Love <laughs> to see that. Name of the game. It was. Smog, you want this last one? Absolutely. So this is called The Horror, and it's from Mookie Smash. It says, as a 25-year member of the Mid-Atlantic Turtle and Tortoise <laughs> Society, you'll understand the horror that swept over me and my family while gathering around to listen to Ruthless. <laughs> Gathering. We love the animal portion of the show as much as anyone else, and we're delighted when the topic turned to the king of all reptiles, <laughs> the giant tortoise. <laughs> if I would have known that the next five seconds, uh, what the next five seconds would hold, I would have shut the program off. <laughs> Alas, I was not so fortunate. It brings me no joy saying this, but by the power vested in me by the Mid-Atlantic Tortoise <laughs> Society. We're placing a restraining order on Mr. Joshua Holmes, where hereby he shall not be allowed within 50 feet of any tortoise or its chip. <laughs> This extreme action is to be effective immediately, as Mr. Holmes has brazenly proved he cannot contain himself and act in an appropriate manner around said tortoises or tortoise shells. Please let this be a wake-up call. You still have time to change. Good day. <laughs> if, if you happen to be a new listener and maybe you're not getting some of these inside jokes, stay with us. Yes, yeah, Because uh, they're pretty fun. I uh, misspoke uh, <laughs> when it came to an action uh, around a tortoise shell eating turtles. They could be 
Resur- I'm going to stop. I, 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 there's no way I can You're not going to make it better. I'm not going to put it in. It's going to get worse. It's I, gonna get I actually worse. saw this thing this past weekend where minions are putting together this like Wikipedia thing of lore of all the like inside jokes from the show because it's gotten that deep. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you need an encyclopedia. Well, and what, what they'll know is that turtles aren't the only thing doing violence on the Ruthless Variety program. Turkeys. Turkeys. Well, yeah, we talked about this last week, but what was interesting is that there's a new warning on this uh, Anacostia River River Walk Park. Remember we talked about how this turkey was Mm -hmm. assaulting basically taking over. Yeah, now there's this big sign that's tacked up. Somebody took a picture of and put it up as warning, aggressive turkey in this area. (laughs) (laughs) If approached, uh, do not be fearful. Be assertive. Clap your hands. Talk loudly or shout at the bird. Do not run or step off the trail to avoid it. Walk normally past or walk away. Uh, use a backpack bag, umbrella, or other items to block its approach. Or, as we talked about last week, throw your fucking bike at them. Or, or, you know what another thing is, other than, like, printing off a bunch of signs? How about kill it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, can we just let Thanksgiving happen a little early in the D.C. region? <laughs> oh, Somebody could probably use it. You could slice it up. Be kill. nice for a food bag. Be Along those nice. lines, I want to give a shout-out. I got uh, a tweet to the Ruthless account from Wallace Bial. It says, here's how to take care of a wild turkey. Mercedes S550 at 95 miles per hour, just south of Augusta, <laughs> Georgia, on Master Sunday morning. Beast weighed 15 pounds. Took 20 minutes to get the thing out. Fortunately, airbags did not deploy. And that's the thing. is like, so he sent the image, too, which is incredible. The wild turkey basically just, like, detonates. Like, at yeah. that speed, the car is fine. The wild turkey just... Well, it should tell you something. It's like an explosion of feathers. You can handle the turkey. Yeah. Right? Well, listen, McHenry's got a lot of thoughts on the that. To- we'll wait for oh, the yeah. interview for a lot of this because McHenry gets into it. He's I, got some analysis. I just appreciate the sign because I feel totally vindicated because last time we talked about this turkey, I my, my thesis was I think turkeys respect dominance. Well, the car is clearly. Well, no, no, no. But, but here, <laughs> the sign here says, do not be fearful. Be assertive. Clap your hands. The point is, you gotta when when they sort of have the plumage, yeah, going a full plume. You you gotta you gotta go opposite them and and sort of assert your own dominance. Plume yourself. Plume yourself. Yeah, but what about the dude that threw his phone and like two radios at the thing? Oh, that just looks like desperation. You the, the turkey can smell right through that. It doesn't respect. Doesn't that. respect that at all. No, wants plumage. But if you if you puff yourself up, maybe like take a jacket and like put it up here by your shoulders, you know, they're gonna respect that. <laughs> All I can think of is just like turkey is such a delicious animal. Like it is got put on earth for one reason. Yeah. Just delicious. It's delicious. Delicious creature. It should it should be eaten. Ashbrook, before we move off the turkey, you'd still go for the neck ring? A hundred percent. If that's insane. if, you, if that's, if that's all you have, if you're that's gonna get, all you, you're gonna get, you're gonna get the talent. That's how you get the talent. If, if that's that, hesitation. If, if that's all you have, you go directly at it. You grab it by the neck and you turn your wrist as fast as you can, and it's done. Do no. you give it? Do you, you give it a full literally lasso? Having dinner. Do you give it a full lasso? Maybe for just for a flourish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just to show to the other turkeys what's going to happen if they charge the bike path. I'd love to see Smash walking down a bike path. We should maybe set this up. I would pay top dollar. Listen, our society. We should film Smash walking down the bike path, trying to lure how, the turkey. How, how much into could a turkey cost? If you look at like you know, they'll, they'll sell the dead ones for for under a hundred bucks. Our, our society. Listen, guys, our society has two types of people: conservatives and libs. And if we are honest about caring about one another, the conservatives need to look out for the libs. <laughs> they cannot defend themselves against this bird. <laughs> 
the conservatives who care about their American brethren, who may think differently than they do, we should take it upon ourselves to protect them, even if they aren't going to vote for us. Okay. I'm going to look at the calendar to see if we can set up a, a field trip to okay, get him so out on that bike Okay, so one second. I have some breaking news on oh. the turkey situation. Concerned. This is from the New York Daily News. A turkey terrorizing Washington, D.C. residents crosses state boundaries into Maryland and is eluding five agencies <laughs> from as many jurisdictions. This is the clearest indication that he's working for Hank. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think 100%. you're right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, there are five agencies trying to catch this turkey. Do you think that's a, is that like a stock turkey or do you think that's? Oh, it's got to be a stock turkey. turkey. No one has seen the real one. I mean, that's how he stays in business. Yeah, he's mean as right? shit. You know? He's mean as shit. <laughs> well, anyway. All right. Let's get to the meat of the program. Uh, we opened up today talking about the Ministry of Truth. Uh, and the Biden administration, this is just like incredible given what we've been through over the last five years that this is even a discussion. But... Um, they have come up with a disinformation governance board, right? That is apparently, and they sent Mayorkas out to all the Sunday shows to describe this. Which right? is wild because he, he should not be in his job. He's, he's very terrible at what he does. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who's ostensibly in charge of, of keeping us safe and yeah. keeping our borders safe. He, he, in theory, he's the head of the Department of Homeland Security. And I mean, so when he got called on these Sunday shows, it's got to be, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's got to be tough since he does nothing, but he's like, am I going to be here and grilled on starting the ministry of truth? Or am I going to be <laughs> grilled on admitting that at least 800,000 illegal aliens we just admit to the U.S. Coming to a community near you. Yeah. Listen, there's an old axiom in this business. If you're explaining, you're losing. Mm. And the fact, what you just pointed out, the fact that he is on Sunday shows explaining about the ministry of truth and not talking about what we're doing about the border or about crime, anything anything that actually has an impact on people, I think it shows you exactly where this administration is on this story. I mean, they're going backwards on everything, but this one is so ridiculous, it's unbelievable. The, the new board that they're putting together was and is... The worst idea that any government who values free speech could ever come up with. I mean, this this is mind-blowing shit. This is the same people that came up with a five-year lie now about Russiagate. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's the other thing is, you know, the lady that they appointed as the head of, like, disinformation, the minister. Nina Jankowitz. Of, of the Ministry of Truth. Nina Jankowitz was tweeting out all the, like, Russiagate nonsense. Right, right. Was sending out, I mean, so she was like a, a huge Hillary booster. Was sending out, I mean, when 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 Marcus was asked, "Is this a partisan individual?" or you know, he's like, "No, no, no, no." He was like, "No, this is not a partisan individual. They're just hosting Hillary, you know, events, right? <laughs> pushing the Steele dossier, the Russia Gate collusion. Dossier. They spent fake years news. about that, and, uh, and, and and they worked to suppress Hunter Biden's laptop, saying that it was had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. And it's so this horrific. person, this person has had a front row seat to the two largest disinformation ops in this country she just happened to be on the wrong side of both of them i mean and the best and is, now she's gonna teach us things she's the one's gonna teach us things well she not only teach us she's in charge she's in charge and there and there there's some sort of like government behind it well let right? me just let me just read from the definition here real quick that the disinformation governance board this is the ministry of truth is the united states department of homeland security board announced on april 17th or 27th um, this is what they say they're going to do. It aims to its aim is protecting national security by combating foreign misinformation and disinformation. 
Uh, it goes on to talk about Russian state in- disinformation, Mexico-United States border, and, you know, human smugglers and the false information propagated by them. But like we all know here at the end of the day, because we lived through the entire Trump administration where they said everybody who agrees with Donald Trump is a Russian asset, that what's going to start is like, oh, we're going to stop foreign interference is really just going to be censorship on other Americans. Well, and he's still like, believe, guaranteed lives by and large still believe all that shit was true. Right. Right. I mean, they ironed it into the American psyche to the point where they actually stand behind it to to the point where Mayorkas was interviewed by Brett Baer over the weekend and was asked very specifically, is the steel dossier misinformation? And he said he's not qualified to. <laughs> and so I, I mean, I'm unbelievable. If that's not if that doesn't meet the qualification, the answer was. The question is what it does, and I think the answer is well, it's anything our political opponents say. Bingo, bingo. Right? But but I'm 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 increasingly coming around to what I think is your view on all of this, Holmes, which is that her existence uh, is a great win for Republicans because yeah. it means when we take the House and the Senate, you know, we can haul her before Congress and she can have to sit there and say, under oath, you know, um, no. Uh, Russiagate was not real. Sorry, <laughs> I was wrong. You know, <laughs> because it's because it's by penalty of perjury. Right, right, right. That was that was not truthful. What I said. And that's the thing is, I I think this is so consequential. This goes beyond just like, oh, it's the libs and Biden business as usual making terrible decisions. This is just it's straight up an affront on the Constitution of the United States, the bedrock of our country. This is thumbing its nose at the freedom of speech. If you look at, so I've gone through her tweets. I, I sent a bunch of them out to bring them, you know, awareness for folks for what this person is actually standing for. The whole catch-all phrase of disinformation. A great example, one of the ones I found, this is from March 4th, 2020. She says, this is good. Now hope the rest of the ad tech industry stops placing ads for masks and worse, straight up disinfo <laughs> on articles and info about coronavirus. Yeah, right. So. So and the government reverses its path three weeks later, and all of a sudden she's the disinformation star. Bingo. That's the thing, is so much of disinfo that the left is pushing is, is just code for what a regime wants. Exactly. Like, and this is the most important thing, it. Smug, dude. You just nailed it, which is like all she is is she's an enforcer for the regime, for the current thing. Bingo. For whatever the thing is she at that is time, which is true, thing. she's the current thing enforcer. That's what she is. And everybody dude, else will be it. othered and wrong. Her job is, is yes, Ministry of Truth, but she is current thing enforcer. Current thing enforcer. That's her, that's that's her whole role. Really enforcer. That, dude, that is her job. Yeah. That's that a great it. label. It's exactly right. But I don't know if anybody, if you've seen videos of this lady, um, I mean, it's horrifying Look, for, to for, begin with. For those of us with young children, when you don't have, uh, you know, like Saturday morning television or whatever, when you don't have have uh, cartoons or whatever, they always rely on an overly, overly enthusiastic sort of theatrical person who like does this just like ultra theatrical. Like the Blue's Clues guy. Yeah, like the Blue's Clues guy or Blippy or something like that. And like I can never tell the difference between whether I'm watching a children's show or having a fever dream. Like I, yeah. in all honesty, like that—that—that that, that is, it's that crazy, right? That's what this lady is. She's got this like bright red lips, lipstick, and she's like talking to you, like, "Oh my gosh, listen to this exciting well, thing! Maybe I'll sing about it." Yes. That's the thing, and is, you're like, "Oh my god!" There, are, there are so many red flags. Like, there's more red flags on this lady than the Chinese Communist Party. It is <laughs> unbelievable. Like, all the replies to her lately have been like, "Okay, like, uh, uh, there's all this, uh, uh." 
psychology uh, research about if three sides of your pupil are showing, <laughs> oh, it means geez. you're like incredibly like a dangerous individual. And and throughout the whole thing of her TikTok, so like there's so many levels to how terrible she is. For someone who's preaching about like digital disinformation and the information war online is huge, she's using TikTok as a medium, which is owned by the Chinese right. Communist Party. It's a Chinese Party. spyware app. It's, right. it's a Chinese spyware app. And then like everyone who was replying to her was like, with with all the like citations and the quotes from like Psychology Today of like <laughs> when someone three sides of their pupil can be shown, this individual is acting like you know a very aggressive and dangerous manner. All these signs were exhibited. While she's like shouting into the camera and ostensibly it's all for attention because that's the thing is like, Duncan, you brought this up earlier is these people are not motivated by like, I want to be someone who serves our country. I want to do, you know, what will help Americans. These are people who are like, uh, I want to be famous. She, she was like, when she was announced, all she did was tweet out links to her book. Right. She got a book deal and she's like, the first thing, you know, she's tweeting out is not oh, you know, I appreciate President Biden for having faith in me to appoint me to this position. It was like, here's my book, folks. It's Cha-ching. incredible. So, uh, here's my and, TikTok. And, and Washington, D.C. is posting signs warning people about this angry turkey. They should be posting signs warning people. That's about right. Her. Turkey's not done a tenth as much as her. A, a friend of the program sent me uh, a notice here um, that the Judiciary Committee in the Senate is holding a hearing on Wednesday. Oh, terrific. Uh, May 4th called Platform Transparency, Understanding the Impact of Social Media. Um, a lot of really interesting witnesses here. A guy from CrowdTangle, uh, Stanford Law School professor. If you're like a Republican and you're sitting in on that hearing, what I would love for there to be a question about is, do you think it's appropriate right. for the United States government uh, to have a, quote, disinformation board yeah, what, i would be it, i'd love to hear that from some of these witnesses on and Wednesday. what about your own experience of professing your opinion about what constitutes disinformation would have to be retracted and what consequences would you face had you been in that position right now right right after you're professing absolute truth behind Russiagate, absolute truth behind masks not working, behind all the kinds of things that you've now completely done a 180 on, what 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 do the taxpayers expect in terms of the consequence? <laughs> right. What kind of what kind of thing can we can we look back on? Can we throw like, you in the brig? Can we put you in the stocks and throw tomatoes at you? <laughs> right. Because if that's on the table, I might be in favor of funding this thing. Yeah, that's what I'm you saying. Know? If you're wrong, if you if you if you are supposed to be this per, this person with perfect information who's always correct about what's happening in society, if you're wrong, we should be able to put you in the stocks and throw tomatoes. And I mean, that's where I, I honestly I would love to see this reach a point because. Republicans are going to take the White House and and soon. Things are an absolute disaster under unified Dem control. They got the House, they got the Senate, they got the White House, and it's just endless, endless disasters for Americans. Them doing things like this is so antithetical to the fabric of this country, to to the founding principles of this country, where, you know, you'll hear CNN all day being like, democracy is under attack. You know what? Finally, I agree with them, and it's because of things like this. Yes. The, the the authoritarian measures are coming from inside right. the house. <laughs> it's it's you know when they're putting in clear clear partisans to decide what Americans are allowed to say, and you're seeing these clips from 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 CNN where they have commentators on saying, well, well I mean, uh, free speech is okay, but it kind of goes a little too far. 
how the hell did we get here? I mean, the Bill of Rights exists in this country. The rule, rule of law ostensibly exists still in this country. When Republicans take control, I mean, we got to make sure there's a price that's paid by, by people like this to set the confidence that they have to be able to set up a ministry of truth. Right. Well, and, let's take it to another level, right? I mean, so, all right, there is a ministry of truth. This psychopath is a part of it. Uh, she talks about whatever she's going to talk about. I don't know what kind of enforcement mechanism that they plan on having in terms of what she proclaims as disinformation or not. Uh, but let's say they have one, right? What happens to the New York Times and the Washington Post after five years of Russiagate? Right. What happens well, to those Pulitzers? Excellent question. Right? Do you take those suckers away? Yeah. Do they get downranked in the algorithm on social media? What happens? Because they've been purveyors of fake news for do four you, years. Do you have that? Like, does that exist? Do, I mean, I, mean, we, we, I have we, an idea. So, so Obama emptied Gitmo. So we know we have space. <laughs> Unless this lady's doing the Mary Poppins from San Quentin the at thing. the end of it. I don't know that I'm interested. But we, we know the answer to the question. And their idea of disinfo is any news that makes Democrats look bad. Bingo. Any facts that are inconvenient to the left. They, they That's what they think disinfo is. They're just trying to enforce everybody to think like they think. That's not going to work. This is America. You know, that's the thing. Is, so there was a lot of discussion about this over the weekend that I was looking at. Is I mean, she is very clearly, e- extremely clearly a partisan actor and is now being placed in an area where she's setting the best practices over deciding what is disinformation, what is truth. And folks were, were trying to point out the example of, okay, if you think this is bad, would you be comfortable if— or if you think this is good, would you be comfortable of this existing when, uh, let's say, President Trump is back in office or Republicans have control of the White House? Would you be comfortable with that? And my thinking initially is like, yes, I know a ministry of truth is bad, but I would love to have <laughs> Republicans take it and we just go ham. We should like, you know, if it's President Trump, if it's President DeSantis, put Alex Jones in as the new minister of truth, <laughs> and just make these people suffer. I think it'd be pretty controversial. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, look, it's no crazier than this lady. Right. Yeah. I mean, this the is thing. the kind of lady, if you if you hired her to be your nanny, you'd change the locks look, in a week. She, she, is, she is guaranteed to be a punchline on the Republican presidential campaign trail, and eliminating this office is guaranteed to be the biggest applause line of everybody's And that's speech. the thing is, she is no different than Alex Jones, except for what side they are on the political spectrum. Totally. And it comes, the greatest irony is this rollout comes as they're celebrating the White House Correspondents' Dinner and their oh, celebration yeah. Yeah. of themselves. No, that's Huge exactly pat, right. right? Oh, hey, you know what? Everybody, let's talk again about that First Amendment. Let's talk about how incredibly indebted we are to the First Amendment. Oh, by the way, we're going to have a misinformation right, right. czar. You know what? The economy is very good. I saw your tweet about the price of lettuce. You're in jail. <laughs> we are taking you to jail because you said eggs cost too much. What you should be saying is thank you, Joe Biden, for this economy. <laughs> I mean, that thing. So, so that uh, White House Correspondents Dinner, I mean, I didn't watch it. I have better things to do on a Saturday night, unlike all these journos. But it's so, so awful for them to have an event to celebrate themselves. And yet again, you see all the help are wearing masks while all these journos are, 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 you know, that being was striking. Fetid, uh, really, right? Like that was it was striking. It, like they did not learn from you, all these instances of like the Met Gala where everyone's like, holy shit, the help is wearing masks. Don't you think that's weird? And like, nope. I just think it's pathetic. You know, I mean, maybe it's just I'm getting older or further removed from the. I mean, I used to go to these dinners all the time. 
right? And I, they were always, look, you always had to kind of like put your head down and, and grind through it because the level of pretentiousness is what you imagine it to be. But I think it's like a thousand times worse at this point, right? Because there used to be a fair amount of bipartisan buy-in to it. It was largely a split crowd, you know, and people roasted each other. It was kind of like even play. You watch what they're doing this time around, and it's like entirely a Democratic audience talking to Democrats, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where all their values are Democratic, all their social circles are themselves, right? And it's impossible to identify with in any form or fashion, starting with the fact that they've locked down this country for two years and all of a sudden they throw a 2,500-person dinner right. with no masks Yucking whatsoever. Yucking it up. Yucking it up. And just yeah. as high a COVID levels as we were wearing three masks. You know what I thought was very funny is Fauci made a point of saying he's not going to go to the dinner because he thought that it wasn't he wasn't the thing he should be doing. But... He was caught at a bunch of the pre-parties. He was at the pre-parties, yeah. yeah, without a mask. And Every, I think everybody that's, that's passing so out the Fauci. Order. He is such a snake, complete snake. Because you couldn't, because he couldn't write off a he, good opportunity hobnob. He's like the shrewdest, most cynical political operator. Totally to exist. I can't, I can't believe somebody let him loose on America and shut us down. I can't believe that somebody would do that to us. It's, <laughs> it is. Uh, listen, it. Especially after what he did with the AIDS epidemic. I mean, you'd think he'd be out of a job. You would think. You would think. But but you know what? He's still he's still in action, right? And they still they still treat this guy as though he knows what he's talking about, despite the fact that almost everything he said has been reversed in one form or fashion. But the point that you raised about all these pre parties and everything else also struck me as hilarious. In that, you know, Hollywood does what Hollywood does. We all know they're left wing psychopaths. But, you know, they're also hot. You know, they also have some talent in their own field and stuff. And so it's kind of like, it's an interesting thing. Even if you're not into the politics of it, it's also, it's like, you know, crowd watching or whatever. These people try to replicate this for the White House Correspondence Dinner with a bunch of ugly (laughs) (laughs) fucking nerds. I mean, it's sad, but it's true. I mean, (laughs) and they walk out, they're like, ah, I'm here. It's like, you know what? You got a face for journalism. It's like, dude. Bro, there's no, literally nothing cool about you. And, and and it's almost like an extortion racket where originally the whole concept behind journalism was the, this idea. I can't remember. Ashwick, you probably remember who this is. Uh, that famous quotation of uh, the purpose of journalism is uh, to bring comfort to the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Right. That's what their job was supposed to be. And so typically you'd have these like White House correspondence dinners and throughout history, especially when you have a Republican in the White House, it used to be kind of a little bit but friendly antagonistic because the purpose of a press is to hold those in power accountable. But this is just like buddies hanging out. Right. You know what? This is this is another reason. Honestly, it's another reason to vote for Republicans, because you know that the press is going to hold a Republican administration accountable. Politico had this very interesting story on the Friday before the weekend. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was, I, it was about disgusted how by it. journalists it are so bored out of their minds oh because God, there's yeah. nothing to cover on Biden. And we all know the reality of this. There's nothing to cover on Biden because they don't want to be critical of him. They don't want to be the person who, who does actual journalism, does an investigation on the... I mean, there's no end to the problems that this administration has caused, whether it's at the border whether it's within his family, the corruption that's occurred there, there's no end to investigative journalism that's there. But they're like, I don't want my friends to not like me. Because for them, it's team ball. 
Bingo. It's it is it's absolutely outrageous. It's the worst, most corrosive force in American journalism, and it has to be stopped. Otherwise, nobody's ever going to read a paper. I mean, all of them. So, so here's the thing: is all these journals hang out? They all go to the same shitty dive bar. They all are playing for the same team. They're all, you know, if one of them were to be like, hey, you know, I got this article where I actually did a deep dive into how Biden's policy at the border is encouraging human trafficking. They'd be like, wow, we're not talking to you anymore. Are you serious? It'd be tough to hold your job if you write an yeah, article You're like not that. getting an invite to the White House party. You can't wear a tuxedo and sit next to Kim Kardashian. Yeah, why don't you, <laughs> why don't you go back and do your best to explain Republicans to this editor, and then the editor can explain Republicans to the friends on the cocktail circuit on Friday night. That's I mean, it, it's, it's, it's literally the, the industry has, been, has devolved to that. And it's just a shame. It's absolutely disappointing. It's just the worst thing in our in journalism. Yeah, I mean, if, and if you are a, a real consumer of politics and you wonder how it is that you get like the Max Boots and the and the who's who of the Lincoln Project inhabiting our contributor punditry throughout this country, look at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Bingo. They only associate with each other. They all believe the same things. It's cultural at this point. Yep. They're totally bound by this worldview that that views us like fucking zoo animals. That's the thing. And that's why, like, you saw, did you see that job application that the New York Times put out, Ashbrook? Where it was like, we are hiring an individual. They must be familiar with right-wing extremism <laughs> and uh, very rural environments. Have a thick skin. This is going to be our reporter based out of Texas. It's like, <laughs> what? We put them in Texas. Yeah. They're like, uh, a reporter who we place in Texas must be very familiar with right-wing radicalism. <laughs> they, they, they're, they're, not, extreme. they're not interested in diversity of thought. They're not interested in questioning a single assumption that they've made when they walk into the office in the morning because they think they're right. They, they view themselves yep. as these righteous arbiters of American morality. Nothing could be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, there are two sides to this country. 75 million people voted for Donald Trump. That doesn't that doesn't mean anything other than 75 million people voted for Donald Trump. How about try to understand why nobody agrees with you? Yeah. How about how about being honest? Yeah. Like in just like covering covering people. Like anyhow, I could go on and on and on and on about this. It's I love it when you go on thing. this. Well, and if you ever have any question about how they view conservatives writ large, read the first five paragraphs of the Tucker Carlson profile in the New York Times. That was something else over the weekend. Which is, I mean, I'm not going to go into it here, but like, my God. It was it's, disgusting, honestly, especially the way the journals were pushing out. It was just, like, disgusting. It is, it, it, it is disgusting. And I think, like, in, in, a former, in a former life, a front-page New York Times story written about the most uh, influential TV news person in America would actually have some impact. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows it's just some, like, partisan hit piece. So nobody's actually going to read it and take it seriously. Like, oh, thanks for all your reporting. Thanks for all your work. You have some good ideas. People are just going to dismiss it. They see the, the the headline, and they turn away. I, I, I said this earlier, but, like, the whole way that the left is thrown around, they're like, we will call anyone who disagrees with us a white supremacist. And, and, and the terms white supremacist and racism used to, like, hold some weight in this country. If you accuse something, uh, someone of something like that, you have to mean it because that's a hell of a hell of an accusation. Or at least have some evidence of it, right? And they have none. But, and, but and it just like is what it they've, is. They've accused Winsome Sears. They've accused Clarence Thomas of, of, of white supremacy. It's absolutely disgusting the way they throw it around. It is. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um all right, I want to move on here, guys, because we have some very important news. It turns out that Hank's criminal 
crime ring is is starting to be. I mean, the feds are coming after him, right? We're talking about Hank the Bear, um, and we've covered him in in some detail, uh, where he was uh, framed in some ways for his actions for breaking into some some cabins and stuff, right? Yeah, and he is a huge bear. I mean, Hank they call him Hank the I Tank mean, for a reason. He's like eight hundred pounds, enormous, pounds. enormous bear. Yeah, but, but what we what we uncovered here on the Ruthless Variety program, it's not Hank. Just being Hank, he's got a Cosa I mean, Nostra. He's, yeah, he's making the calls. He's telling people to push the button when he needs to push the button. But right, he's a big guy. You know, it's not like he can be going through the window yeah, every time. Yeah. He has to have some deputies, some capos. And, and I mean, that's the beauty of it is like he was accused of all these crimes, right? Yeah. Of like breaking into places, taking things, in Tahoe, <laughs> you know, across state lines and such. So it was a federal case against Hank they tried to prosecute. And they couldn't place him. No. Right? They couldn't place him well, at any of it. One of the reasons why they can't place him is because his ring is so big. Yeah. Uh, the amount of players is is entirely domestic at this point, but I think it could be international. Uh, a bear family was captured breaking into a van in Asheville, North Carolina. There's video available uh, online of this. Uh, clearly a petty crime at some level, but all feeding back to Hank the Tank's crime ring, don't you think, gentlemen? I mean, 100%. It's funny. Like, uh, this past weekend... You know, as more of this news about about Hank was coming out and, and bear crimes in general, I was like, man, you know what? I bet there could be like an awesome podcast, that, like a oh. true com- crime podcast about Hank. And I was like, you know what? That's our show. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no question the setting in Asheville, Asheville North Carolina it's is gorgeous. one of the most beautiful places it's in the country. It's one of the most beautiful places. But I'll say this about Hank. He is much more Vito Corleone than Tony Soprano. Because you never totally. hear about Hank the Tank going in to talk to somebody to get help. He he's he's very confident in his own abilities. Yeah. He, he, he there's, He's not questioning what he's doing. He doesn't need to lift a paw. First of all, the immense size of him, you wouldn't want him to. But second of all, this crime ring extends far beyond that. We had another one, a uh, black bear sneak inside a car in Cornwall, Connecticut. So here's a question. If somebody shows up at the wedding of Hank the Tank's cub yeah what favor does he ask I mean, you definitely get one and once the dawns you know his, his daughter's wedding that's the rule <laughs> let me read something uh one man in cornwall had a different kind of visitor sneak in his car over the weekend the man tells eyewitness news that he was inside his house when he noticed his mother-in-law's headlights were on when he went outside to check it out he was shocked by what he saw uh i was like something's not right here said cody gillette of cornwall uh, Gillette noticed that uh, something was off when his mother's car lights came on and the truck door was wide open. Um, what he went on to see, by the way, is the fact that the bear was basically behind the wheel of the car. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's, the most, that's the most incredible part of, of both of these stories. I, I watched that first video in Ash, Asheville. Uh, the bear straight up opens the sliding door. Okay, this bear's <laughs> behind like the wheel. <laughs> it's not like it's not like they're breaking through a window and climbing in. These are sophisticated bears. No, it's like what's up? These are like professional and, bears. And also, yeah. here's the thing: is like, okay, imagine you walk outside and then you know you're, you're you're walking up to your car and then a bear just like rolls up and grabs the wheel. No, these are like my planet- first thought is like, okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> these are like, like planet of the number two is bears. Grand Theft Auto. Number one is bear is super cool to do this. <laughs> I mean, the guy tried to then break into his house, 
I mean, this this bear was was it needed to report. <laughs> he really that did. To this is an amazing bear. <laughs> no, it's, it's, After yeah. the car, he goes to the house. <laughs> yeah. God, this yeah. guy. Yeah. And this guy was armed. He had a twelve gauge. Nothing. Nothing he could do with this bear. I mean, this bear. This. Bear, I don't know if a twelve gauge gets a bear. Well, obviously not. Right. I mean, this this bear was not deterred. With, uh, and it says with beanbag shells. Oh, oh, that's not happening. That's, yeah. You will only enrage and embolden the bear. That's yeah. A, that's a mis- anybody listening. That's a mistake. <laughs> Do not try that. Yeah. Now the car was also a Subaru, so of you can draw your own conclusions. There you go. Oh, and everything is explained. Uh, there we go. There we go. But it, but alas, it's not the only place, fellas. Uh, Apaka, Apopka, 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 yeah, Apopka, yeah, Florida. Florida. A couple recounts. Uh, being charged by a bear. <laughs> so this is one of Hank's minions. Yeah. Well, the bears are on the loose now. I mean, it, once Hank started getting some heat, now everybody need they need to push back, and that's what's happening. I think you see all across this country. Uh, a couple told Wesh Two News uh, that they were taking a small dachshund for a walk when a bear became uh, started charging at them. The doorbell video shows the couple barreling back inside, followed by their tiny dog. Uh, who turns back for one last bark uh, before the bear uh, comes rolling up? So, so here's the out. thing, yeah, uh, you know, some context on dachshunds is is these are actually they're pretty incredible dogs. So, so they were bred in Germany for one purpose to hunt badgers, right? Like to go into badger holes. Bingo. Right? Is that why they're, they're long, skinny yes. ones? Hot yeah. dogs, right? Yep. Yeah. So they're small enough to get in there, but these damn things are fear. Like if a lion were to roar at a dachshund, the dachshund will charge it. Like. <laughs> These dogs were bred that, like, I will have zero thought. They have no understanding of how small they are. Their purpose is, like, I will go in. Like, go in. That's your job. You, You're the you, first in there. You we like a, the you like a dachshund. You like a dachshund. You don't like a greyhound. You don't like a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Well, I mean, I like a, a Rhodesian Ridgeback. I'm just, I, I just understand I'm not going to run 20 miles a day. I know some Indians, you know, we, we read all the, all we got, the emails. We got, we got an email. We, we got, got an email, email that says that, that's like, fake news. You, you don't have to run your Rhodesian Ridgeback 20 miles. That's fake news, man. You got to run your Rhodesian Ridgeback. <laughs> <it's gonna lose laughs> mind you're and, you're and calling this tunnel. person a liar? Yeah, or, or else it's going to tear up your house. And Greyhounds are ugly. Except for the ones at the Minion Zone, and I've seen the photos. Yours are nice. Everyone else's Greyhound's ugly. <laughs> I love that you've so much blowback. Hold on. now hedging. I, I, hold on. I, I just went back to the email we received from this person who 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 said you were you were speaking fake news on the Ridgebacks. This person's been showing dogs for over twenty three years. You're saying they're wrong. You're right. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, I, I will say this. Feels right. My sister has a Rhodesian Ridgeback, and he sleeps all day long and after she listened to the episode she texted me she was like you gotta tell smug no you gotta run him then my dog <laughs> literally sleeps non-stop you gotta run him or i, I bet it's going ham god we're I gonna have to we're, we're gonna have up. to put him put him on the ministry of truth board <laughs> yeah. at this you know rate. what that's a great we should submit this episode yeah 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. so anyway my final question about the animals here is uh if the turkey comes up to you, we're all pretty confident you can punt the thing. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll hear uh, McHenry's account, our second account on the program about uh, the fox. But if the bear comes at you and says, what's in the pockets? Gone. It, you fucking in- empty your pockets, Gone. right? Yeah. I mean, isn't, that, isn't yeah. that the thing? Like, I've heard, like, all the stories of, like, you know, there's no way to escape, play dead or whatever. If it's a black bear because they can climb, I'm, I'm gone, dude. Like... I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like play dead because it'll kill me. Like the bear has a lot of outs to win, right? 
Unless you have a plan. Yeah, I'm gone. Unless you invite it to the bar <laughs> and you give it some food on the bar, it puts its paw down. And Pesci and you, comes in behind it yeah, with this. <laughs> with the knife, just like Luca Brasi. <laughs> and he's sleeping with the fishes. You're rolling the dice uh. with Hank at that point. That's a made bear. Uh, all right, let's get into some actual political news here for the first time. <laughs> um, uh, the Daily Beast wrote a story, which all of us in D.C. have been talking about uh, for a long time now, not the Daily Beast, but this topic of conversation because it has largely been ignored by the mainstream media. But you can see it playing out across this country and how Democrats are placing their ad buys, particularly in states that have heavy Hispanic populations. We talked about it uh, with Texas. We've talked about it in Florida. We've talked about it in a number of places where we've had early returns about how Hispanic voters are performing in the 2022 in the run-up to the 22 election. Um, it turns out they've got a hell of a problem, they being Democrats and Biden in particular, with Hispanic voters. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I think this is this says a lot about the new left, where basically their whole idea of how to act politically is to divide and conquer. That's all they're trying to do. They're trying to push division among individuals, along racial lines, along gender. I mean, how many genders they believe, you know, they're trying to splinter that as well. They're like, how is it that Americans, that, because they only see everything in, in, in through the prism of race. Like, why is it Latino voters are turning on us? Yeah, we put them in the bucket. Yeah. We put them in the bucket. Yeah. Don't, they, don't they know we care about them? Yeah. Don't they? The, don't, these Latinx? We, don't, yeah, yeah. Don't they know we gave them a special name? Yeah. We, we, call we put them, an X at the we end. We call them Latinx, even though polling shows like 93% don't want to be called Latinx. And we, we, respect, we respect them so much that we give them no country differentiation. We just call them Hispanics yeah. and then say they can come. Latinx. And, and and we and and I mean the the like bigotry along those lines of where they're like, wow, we opened the border. Why don't they support illegal immigration? It's like holy shit! Like how racist is it for Dems to assume that like illegal immigration polls insanely low among Latino voters, insanely right. low, and for them to assume they're like, hey, wait, uh, you're a Mexican, right? Shouldn't you be for illegal immigration? Absolutely not. The concerns it ends up being is what all Americans are concerned with, which is the inflationary environment that this administration has and created. Crime, and crime. And crime. Right. But uh, the one thing I appreciate about leftists, lefty journalists in particular, like the more lefty, the better they are at this. They have a nice turn of phrase. They're all artists. Right. So they have they have actually a nice way of putting things. This is a, a little paragraph from the article that I'm talking about. In Ernest Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises, oh, the, character, wow. the character is asked how he went bankrupt. Quote, gradually, then suddenly, <laughs> is the reply. The formulation might also help explain how it feels to lose an election. That's honesty. Or Joe right? Biden, that's Joe, honesty. Joe Biden losing his mind, gradually, and then suddenly. And then suddenly. <laughs> but it, does, it perfectly encapsulates how it is the Democrats have approached Almost every one of their race-based uh, election concepts. Right. Right? And what's happening with Hispanics is absolutely hysterical in the fact that they are getting exactly what they deserve. Forever, they've taken it complete for granted. Any support that they've had out of the Hispanic community, as smug as you just said, it's basically illegal immigration and that's it, right? Yep. Trying to say that everybody else is racist. Well, that's fine. And all of a sudden, inflation. Yep. Crime. Once the actual kitchen counter issues are brought to the forefront, 
once we're not in an environment where they can hide behind, you know, Trump's economy, which was just like a rip roaring economy. I mean, it's so it's 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 so brutal to remember if you think back just a few years what it was like under the Trump administration. I mean, this economy was incredible. The question well, was like, I mean, you know, how are you going to expand what you already have? Well, Everyone, you know, employment was looking terrific. People's opportunities were looking terrific. You know, um, the, the the economic reports I've been looking at lately is people are moving their money into consumer staples because no one can make big purchases anymore, even like mattresses and everything. We've reached the point where we're worried about Americans can't buy mattresses. Yeah. Well, to put to put some numbers on this poll that uh, that Josh was talking about, Biden is at 24 percent approval among Hispanics. And what they go on to say is that the poll may constitute a new low, but it is not a fluky outlier. The trends are clear. And one of the points that they make is that many Hispanics work in the service sector where disproportionately they were harmed by lockdowns. Right. they're not. They're not. You know, sitting at home on their laptop, sending in Zoom uh, links to everybody else. To like, they turns out groceries are as, as expensive for well, them as they are for everybody else. But that's their the separation are, that we've been talking about, right? It, it, you can attribute it to one thing or another, but the bottom line is the Republican Party has become the party of the working class, and the Democratic Party increasingly is becoming a corporate party that entirely can't identify with what the working class has to deal with, right? The Zoom party. Huge numbers of the Hispanic community operate exclusively in this working class. And so when you tell people that, like, no, everything's great, the economy's great, we're creating jobs hand over fist, and these people have been trying desperately to keep a job that they've been locked down from and then exposed to what the ruling class in this country is called an absolutely deadly pandemic, but you still have to do your job because we all rely on you, you can see how the worm turns here. Uh, yeah. And all of a sudden, people start looking at this through fresh eyes. I mean, we talked to, to the women who were running for Congress down in Texas, and they were all, I mean, granted, they have a border issue there that illuminates this in a way that doesn't in every state. But what they said is that people in their community, if even if they're not concerned, about the the border issue are incredibly concerned with this absolute disconnect mm-hmm. that Democrats have been exhibiting through every single facet of governance, whether it's the economy, whether it's it's immigration, whether it's crime, whatever it is, if it doesn't happen in you know the west side of Manhattan, they're not fucking interested. So, mm-hmm. so a, a lot of polls, history, statistically, we're told that voters harden their images of candidates and parties in like early spring, right? And if you really think about the issues that each side has been hammering, you're looking at Republicans who are concerned about inflation, price of goods, gas, food, rent. These are issues that, crime, yep. right? Immigration, illegal immigration at the border, safety. These are what Republicans are running on and, and, and messaging daily. And, and what are you hearing from the left? I mean, they're trying to get rid of libs of TikTok. They they want to uh, totally set up a touch. ministry of truth. Like this is their main thrust. Well, there was it, a thing it, in Axie. Oh, go ahead. It, well, it isn't. It isn't just Biden too that's suffering because of this, um, particularly with Latino vo- voters. I mean, there's going to be a special election in South Texas coming up here, and there's an internal uh, GOP poll that has <laughs> Myra Flores, as you you had just referenced oh, yeah. earlier on the podcast. Um, She's up, yeah, in this special election, yeah. 
Let's in a yeah. in a in a district that borders Mexico. Listen, this would be a huge win for the program, by the way. I mean, huge. It would be a big win for the program. Yeah. Take a look at Myra Flores' website. You guys might want to get involved in that. There is, I mean, like, you know, I've been talking to a lot of folks across every spectrum, whether it's just in politics or in tech. There's this, like, feeling of, like, a vibe shift that is getting palpable yep. out there of Americans are, are fed up with, with this mismanagement, with this... It's very clear there is an elite class in this country who is completely indifferent to the lives of the rest of America. The vast majority of Americans have to deal with actual issues like the cost of groceries, the cost of gas. And when uh, – what was her name? Sam, Samantha Powers, right? The uh, wow. she, she had this interview, which was the most patronizing oh, this, shit yeah. that I have heard, where she was like, you know what? For, uh, farmers need to learn to go without fertilizer. Uh, we're we're trying to pivot to a greener, more sustainable, uh, you know, way of life. Where I it was, and and so many folks quoted her with the Eisenhower quote of like, uh, you know, it's really easy to plow a field when you're just sitting there with your pen and paper, you know, which is basically the understanding that this class has. Uh, she used the term "never let a crisis go to waste." Straight up, right? Because it was the it was the shortage of fertilizer that it, it predominantly has come from like Ukraine, Russia, right. Uh, into the United States, and her point was, well, this is a problem, clearly, but it's a good problem. The silver lining is we've been trying to destroy your industry forever. <laughs> right. Now we have an opportunity to kill it for good. And this so is, don't you see how great this is and for the, you? And then she's all, she I mean, says the words, never let a crisis go yeah, to waste. These people are psychotic. And, and, and beyond psychotic, Samantha Power is famous for, you know, when, when she was out on a mission in Africa, she ran over African kids, and her... <laughs> And her yes. convoy kept yes. rolling. Wait, yeah. are you kidding? Yeah. I swear to you, it's the really? truth. Yeah. yeah, she told the convoy to keep rolling. What? Yeah, they ran over a kid. Watch, watch the documentary rolling. on Obama's final year. Yeah. You also get an incredible uh, peek behind like how these people think about the world and how naive they are. It's fa it's fascinating. It's Why are we just hearing this now for the first time on the Ruthless Variety it, it, program? Why doesn't anybody report this? Here's the thing: is these are just this enclave of people who are just wealthy. And they, 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 they think that they're deserving of, of being loved. And the media is all on board with it. They won't hold these people to account. You mean the they're media like, won't write about it? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> like, they'll throw themselves these parties where they'll make all the help wear the masks. I mean, it's it's very dystopian, well, and it's happening now. Smug, you know, something that I just cannot, an image I cannot get out of my mind, and I'm going to ask you to bite your tongue on this. But... When this this story that Marco Rubio told when he was running for president, when he was standing the back up, of the talking up talking yeah. to the crowd, and he just he looked to the back of the room at the guy tending bar, and he saw his own father, and he was like, "This is what my father did." So I he stood in the back room so I could stand here. I mean, like it is, the, the, there is such a story of work and effort and 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 like the promise of this country that is available to everybody that the libs are trying to stop everybody from having access yep, to yep. because they think they're right and everybody else is wrong. Yep, no, it's 100% right. But Smug, you, you made reference to a vibe shift, which I think was in Dreesen's point on on Twitter last week, yep, week yep, right? Yep. I mean, th th this was a, an observation that you would have to be blind and deaf not to have some sort of understanding of because, look, we've all watched Elon by Twitter. Right. Which sub whatever you think of that. And I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Whatever you think of that, 
is an unmistakable statement piece. Right. It is a statement that the left can no longer control the platforms of, of information here. And right? also why I felt that so bold is finally there's a billionaire who's not a left winger willing to get in the game. Yeah. Right? Elon is a 100% a centrist, he, you know, a libertarian of any party identity. But every corporation, every entity on the left or that exists is controlled by a lefty billionaire, whether it's like Benioff or, or Reed Hastings or, you know, they've been running the agenda for so long. And 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 the left and the Democrat Party has essentially become a corporatist party well, it's, at its core. And this didn't happen in a silo, right? Disney. Right. Mm-hmm. We just saw, a, 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 this has been a month, six weeks of Disney clashing with DeSantis in Florida that where he laid them out on their back. Yeah. Right? To the point where you have executives resigning or being fired. You've got a, a new standard protocol in corporate America is like, ah, it's not all free shots any longer. And then right. Dems mm-hmm. are being forced to argue. They're like, hey, what the fuck is wrong with DeSantis? A uh, large corporation deserves this special consideration for tax breaks. <laughs> like, fuck you. The people demand it. Uh, right? Part of the people. But just think of how far we've come just in the last year. If you, if you think back to the beginning of the, you know, the whole fake controversy with the Georgia election reform bill, and you had Coca-Cola and the MLB yeah. pulling out of Atlanta. And, and Delta. You, and every, and, everybody's yeah. like, oh, yeah, we, we believe in you, Stacey Abrams. And then she's like, oh, wait, no, I don't actually support the boycott. And then every it all boomerangs back. Now a year later, finally Republicans are standing up against this bullshit. Well, and it's all coming back the other way. Meghan Markle's Netflix show is canceled. Oh, you hear no. about yep. Barack Obama's uh, podcast being canceled by Spotify, <laughs> right? You've got you've got uh, uh, Netflix recently released first quarter earnings for 2022 with a loss of 200,000 subscribers. I mean, I think the whole point in all of this is like the cultural dominance of the left is hopefully coming to an end in this country. And this thing is, I was, Boy, I was having nice. this great conversations past weekend where, yes, the cultural uh, domination of the left is coming to an end, right? And and a lot of that is cultural, where Americans just don't want to put up with this ridiculousness anymore where you have parents who are finally seeing what their kids were being programmed right. uh you know during the pandemic when they saw on zoom but now beyond that it's also for economic reasons where it's like okay we're we're heading to headwinds where netflix you know for the first time misses a quarterly uh projected uh subscribers who'd have guessed the, the toddler drag queen queens wouldn't be good for yeah, that yeah. Like you pull, you pull the, the office out and you put toddler drag queens on suddenly all, nobody all wants to watch programming is this woke <laughs> Go bullshit figure. and now they're like listen we, we went along with all that bullshit when you know we're part of this like dem establishment which guarantees this like endless prosperity times are starting to get tough and they're starting to have to look at the bottom line so they're being this vibe shift is happening not just culturally but for economic reasons right. where all these companies are like listen none of that woke bullshit works you right. know uh megan markle and uh what's the name the redhead the the bastard song here many people are saying <laughs> parody 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 we're, we're, laughing. Laughing. we're all laughing we don't want the the crown coming after us but <laughs> you know i they, think harry prince harry right they signed that that podcast deal yeah. do you know how many episodes they recorded how many one no <laughs> what one you're kidding dead serious it, it, it is incredible they Smug. got what millions and you, one you, you look at that deal you look at obama's deal and what you realize on the left uh, they're buttressed by these institutions in hollywood and the media to get basically monopoly money yeah just for being them just for being left right i mean that, that 
and every corporation in America feels perfectly comfortable at underwriting losing like, money, losing money, but uh, it, underwriting things like Pod Save America, for right. example. Bingo. Right. Right. I mean, and they totally suck ass. No, nobody's showered us with five million, ten million dollars, dude. They've had the fuck, they had a fucking HBO show, <laughs> and we still got more listeners, which <laughs> is like, amazing. That's like unbelievable. They, they, they have VC backing. They have an HBO show, and the fact yeah. that we still get more listeners, yeah, and, and, and with nothing, y'all must suck with nothing, right? So, but but look. Axios printed this thing that Democrats were ultimately very concerned about the cultural war and where it's where it's uh, headed. Well, yeah, right. But their thing is that they're going to fight back. My point to that is, don't tell them. Don't tell them. They think they might be on the right side of this. Absolutely, nobody tell them not to not I to mean, fight the, the way culture that, war. The way let's that, fight the culture <laughs> war. You can do it. it. Bring everything you got, fellas. Yeah. Let's. This is the spot. Let's have this conversation. Let's have it. The way DeSantis got them in this crazy ass headlock of being like. I'm going to put forward a bill that says you cannot talk to first graders about sex. And they're like, no, <laughs> we demand the right to <laughs> That's what you're fighting We for? have to do it. That's insane. We must. We simply must. They're like demanding the rights. They're like, no, we will talk to your kids about sex. And it's like, the like, all right, fight for that. Not happening here. It's the slow turn, right? But the reason it's a slow turn is because corporate America is famous for being totally shitty at politics. Mm -hmm. They're just absolutely, they always skate to where the puck is. They never skate to where the puck is going. Bingo. They always think of things in a totally static environment. And they're like, oh, Democrats won, Democrats vote, Democrats, Democrats, Democrats. Let's feed off that liberal thing and we'll give them what they want. But all of a sudden, all of you across the country have stood up and said, this is bullshit. I'm not going to put up with CRT in my schools. I'm not going to deal with, you know, teaching drag stuff to, to kindergartners. I'm not going to do all this shit. I'm not good with it. And all of a sudden they're like, oh. Which on a personal level, I canceled my subscription to D uh, Discovery Plus. They're starting a like kids drag show. And I was right. like, this is, you know, at some point, you know, it might be my $5 a month or whatever, but I'm not going to have any part of this. This has gotten so ridiculous. So absurd. The worm's that's, turning. That's the thing is their side, like our side is addressing issues like, okay, Safety. The prices of everything is more expensive. No, people should not talk to our children about sex. And what's their answer? Hey, folks, we're rolling out uh, the Drag Queen Children's Show on Discovery+. Plus. Yeah, and if you go on the internet to complain, we got a disinformation yeah, yeah, board. Yeah, <laughs> right. The lady who wants to bang Harry Potter is going to be there. Can make sure you get arrested. <laughs> so one, like, one of two things is going to happen. There's either going to be an entirely separate conservative economy, which is possible. Or there is an economy that better reflects the values of this country because currently it does not at all. But some of these companies are learning that the hard way. And God bless it. As we've said a million times in the variety program, nothing makes us more happy than separating the billionaires from their from their <laughs> cash when it comes to bad decisions. Uh, let's get to this interview. This is Congressman Patrick McHenry. I want to welcome to the program somebody who's been very interested in having in here for a variety of reasons. Um, in studio, which is an added bonus, Congressman Patrick McHenry. Welcome. Happy to be here. Uh, the reason why you don't have more people in studio is because you'll validate parking. <laughs> like, I, had to, I had to like march myself in like a half a mile in order to get here. It's fantastic. Thank you. Well, Thanks we have a couple of homeless men down there that'd be happy to take your car off your hands for you if you're <laughs> Well, they interested. might have done it already. They might have already done it. Welcome to D.C. <laughs> 
<laughs> welcome to DC is right. Well, welcome to the uh, the studios. Listen, I, I, there's a lot of stuff I want to get to. You made big decisions about leadership lately. We'll, we'll get into all that. The most important thing and the reason why you're here is that you, sir, had an interaction with the Capitol Hill Fox. I did. It was an amazing thing. So, uh, I, so I'm out running uh, one morning. <laughs> it's before 6 a.m. It's between 5.30 and 6 a.m. And I'm running on the National Mall. Uh, and I'm running at an elegant sp- uh, pace. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. You're, right? you're impressing yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, good because yeah. it's nobody else is out there. So right. anyway, before 6 a.m., I'm running on the National Mall, right by the Native American Museum, first block after the Capitol. And I see something just in the peripheral vision, which makes me go a little bit faster, right? It's DC. <laughs> so so I'm like, eh, but, but then I, something grabs me in, no. in the calf, left calf. You know, bites and I and I uh, kind of kick and I uh, go faster. Comes back, hits me again. No, at which point I just a- absolutely just kick like I've never kicked before, <laughs> right? And make I don't know what the sound is, but it was it was yeah not scary enough to make the fox go away. So I turn around, it's staring at me, and it's this it, this close, right across the table, right like that close. And I'm staring at this thing, and I yell out, "It's uh, it's a something fox, like uh, it's it's a fox, right?" <laughs> And I yell this out, right? The fox stares at me because, you know, it's the fox like, you're damn right I'm yeah, a fox. Yeah, exactly. I'm a yeah. fox, right? <laughs> stares at me and I think, I have no idea what to do. I don't know if you do like the bear thing where you're big, you don't move, you move. I don't know what to do. So the I protocols on the fox are less well known than a bear or like a moose or whatever. I right. Mean, if this thing's got you, generally they're more scared of you than you are of it, but not this one. I don't know one. that. I don't know that at this yeah, point. Yeah, okay. Okay, so I, I'm staring at this fox and I think this is a vicious trained animal uh, or untrained animal, but vicious. Like in its nature, it wants to just eat me. Well, it's right? already gotten you once. Yeah, it's already gotten me. Yeah. It snows. Relatively tasty, probably. So that's are why you in shorts at this point, or are you in running pant? Well, well, I, I hate to have to okay, say this. I, I was wearing running tights, and so <laughs> so I'm I'm sorry. I actually have to say that publicly. I hope we can edit that out. But Boy, anyway, we're going to so take I'm, a hard look at the edit button. That's on gonna, that. It's yeah. going to be so. Um. So anyway, I've got the so it bit me twice though, right? So and before I'm going to repeat. It's before six a.m. in the morning. It's dark, right? So it's running tights. Nobody's okay, around. a little cold morning. Okay, so um. So anyway, stare at this thing. As I'm processing it, it runs away, right? And I think, well, I need to run away because I don't want this thing to come back at me. I run down the block. At the end of the block, I see another runner coming towards me. You're like, right? So I'm like, hey, wave to the guy. He pulls out the earbud, right? And it, like, just one earbud though. Pulls out, I go, huh? I go, there's a fox that just came up <laughs> and bit me, okay? And this guy looks at me like, you're a crazy person. And he takes like a half step back as I'm explaining it. She's like, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And like, he goes, I think I'm just going to run that way anyway. Puts the earbud back in, right? And starts running that way. And I'm thinking, this guy. <laughs> he has no idea what he's in for. He has for. no idea what he's in for. So I, of course, wait because this fox should, if there's justice in the world, eat that guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Just maul him, right? And I'm going to wait to go save him, right? Yeah. So I stare. Runs down the block, nothing happens. No fox. Right? And so I'm thinking to myself, that guy's going to go home. And he's going to say to his wife, he's like, we got to move to the suburbs. <laughs> the crazy people are out, even in the morning. So I'm thinking, well, that was just crazy. So I finished the run, right? Yeah. I, you know, I didn't check the wound. I just like, I'm going to finish the run. Finish the run, get get back. And I'm thinking, I've got my wife and three kids in D.C. And I'm going to tell my wife that I just got bitten by a fox. And she's going to look at me and say, I don't believe you. Yeah, right. Right, I don't believe you. Because at this right. point, nobody had been talking about this fox. You basically had the first inter- encounter with this thing. Yeah, 
And so, so I'm like, ah. So I don't say anything to my wife. Take a shower, get ready, right? Put a bandage on, right? So wait, does this thing, it, it, you'd have a puncture wound. Yes. <laughs> right? Which comes with a whole two, bunch two, of fun yes, stuff, right? Yeah, this, this is, that, that's the fun part. So I get uh, two bites, but it's not it's not so extraordinary. I'm going to go to the hospital for that. It's just, it's like a, it's like a dog bite, yeah, you know? It's right. like you're not going to go to the hospital. Anyway, um, at least not for the the wound so i tell like so i we get the kids i get the kids to school get everybody out i and i and i come back home and i'm like i gotta tell you this my wife's like what because i got bitten by a fox and she's like no right first answer no okay i then she's like well you got to call the the uh, attending physician's office at the capitol because capitol grounds you're sure. basically on the capitol grounds and whatever so i call up the doctor i said well uh, i gotta tell you a weird story and she she repeat she says no like the first thing I'm like I've never called a doctor about something and their first response was no you think right? they heard it all right right she's like no it can't be no really and so I explained the story she goes yeah no you're the third person oh. bitten by this fox oh. right and at the end it's nine people right yeah. So, including one of our own here, uh, we have an angry Redskins fan that we keep him back. Who who is it? His his wife. I heard fact, the story. Was, yeah. I heard the story, and he uh, valiantly, yeah, heroically yeah. in some ways, uh, put his uh, life yes. in danger. Uh, yeah, and, and and I just did it by just being so great looking in those <laughs> running tights that the, the fox wanted to come after me. Right, we were sort of like troll bait at that point. Like the fox had no choice. Right? Had no choice, and and the fox really just wanted me to. Um, Embarrassed myself by telling people I was wearing the running tights. I think that was. Part I think of that's part of it. what it's. It's yeah. like, listen, we're going to send a message far and wide here. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't wear running tights. You're from North Carolina yes. for crying out loud. Yeah, okay, this is. So this is probably the last interview I'll ever give, <laughs> having exposed myself on that. So um, you got to so, go through like a medical treatment plan, though, don't oh, you? Oh yeah. So the first thing they do is like, oh well, we got to go take rabies shots. And I'm oh. like, well, I got a busy day. Can we do this a little bit later? And the doctor's like, you're not familiar with rabies, are <laughs> like you? You're gonna be foaming at the mouth right. by noon. If if a fox bit you in D.C., it's a rabid fox. Like we don't know. We're we're looking for the fox. <laughs> like, but if it bit you. You have, you, you know, you, you have to go take the rabies shot. So I, I go to uh, the ER, and they give me a wide variety of shots. It's in, like, a, like in 12, right? Well, it's, I, I, I didn't count. But it's a lot. It's a lot. And then you have to get four vaccine shots over the course of two weeks. Oh. Um, but the first set of shots were the most painful shots I've ever had. Because they're in the wound. The end of the wound, oh. yes, end of the wound. And oh, it's like, God. and it's like the thickish stuff that's, you, you it's just awful. That so, sounds terrible. Yeah. So as I'm getting the shots and feeling the pain, I'm like, well, little Wikipedia action. I want to know about, you know, what what happens if you, if you get don't rabies. Go. Yeah. No, if you get rabies. What what is it? And they're like, oh, well, you know, 14 people survived last year. Rabies globally. Rabies. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, huh? A few thousand people. You know, like sixty thousand people died or some stat like that. I'm like, huh? Yeah, that fox meant you. It's okay. It, it was coming for you. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> yeah, very close to the capital. Look, I, I don't have a detail to, to, to protect me from the fox. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, and, you know. So, but you but you do have a good relationship with Capitol Grounds and with Capitol Police. Now, do you think that you are what ultimately was the end of the fox? I think so. I think if they, you know, it's Ami Barrow alone getting bit, another member getting bit by Yeah. Not enough. 
I was the guy. You were the I guy. I was the guy. And they're like, we've got to get it him. It turned on you. They were like, listen, McHenry got it. Let's find this fox. We got, no, we're gonna. We've got a. We've got a fox hunt now. We have a serious hot fox hunt. <laughs> they they put on the whole gown. They got on horseback. Um, they had. You uh, should have helped lead the charge. I mean, frankly, it's, it's sort of now. I understand why the British are very into the fox hunt. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I had, see. This is this was all new to us too. Yeah. We did not know that that foxes were in this big of a, a, a problem. Well, but. a group of foxes, there's terms of venery, like a collective noun, and a group of foxes are called a skulk. Uh-huh. A skulk of foxes. Do you want to mess with an animal? No. That a group is called a skulk, No. right? Mm-hmm. Like a gang of geese or a gaggle of geese. A gaggle of geese. Eh. Yeah. A skulk, a skulk is a different deal. Foxes. A herd of horses. Like a horse, I got it. I understand what Smug thinks he can do with a horse. But he's never encountered a fox like I have. I've <laughs> I've come eye to eye with a fox, and I know he has the like this this belief that he could go take a, a turkey. Yeah, um, I think fully a, plumed. Yes, fully plumed. Yeah. That turkey would rip Smug's face off. Okay, so now you you got some expertise in, in turkeys. Yes, I've got. So I've got. Yeah, well, that's that's separate issue. So <laughs> in my mother in law's house, I come outside and I see like two turkeys outside. And I think, well, this is funny. Like, I've got my kids at the window. I'm like, well, I'll scare off the turkeys, sure. right? Two turkeys, no problem, right? They, I came outside. I made the turkey sound, right? Yeah, right. I mean, you're and, trying to lure it in. And they scared the two turkeys away. And then I came around the corner of the house, and there are 25 turkeys standing there. <laughs> and they're looking at me like, like they're like smoking cigarettes, and they've got like, they've got like, they're like sharpening knives, you like, know? I'm what's like, up, bitch? Hey, exactly. I'm like, this is different. These turkeys are going to kill, like, so it's not a turkey that's issue. It's the fact that they run in gangs. And, and, and they, so. No, serious, like, Because that's another problem we have, right? Tattooed the turkey. on the face type of gangs. Serious. They're stuff. ugly birds. They are very ugly. Yeah. And they've got the little thing on the neck that can just, like, rip you apart. Well, and, and, the, and the, claw, the feet yeah. thing with the, yeah. the grippers and the. The, the whole combination. Yeah. Uh, well, so that's another, not, that's another running path. If you, uh, are you avoiding that? Because there is a loop. Avoid, yeah, I would that. imagine after this. Because animals, I, I, apparently the word's out. <laughs> like, I'm a, you know, I'm not that fast. <laughs> and apparently the, the fox is pretty tasty. Pretty tasty. <laughs> I love this. This is fantastic. Um, the worst part about this whole story is you asked me what I was wearing. Yeah, I'm sorry about part. that. I wish yeah. I hadn't. Yeah. But now we... Well, now, but we now you got the image. Now, <laughs> we'll now you're welcome, this. right? <laughs> I love this. I love it. So you recovered. I mean, you're going to live. Yes, I'm going to live. And that's I, good. I, I fought valiantly through. So the worst part about this is I was traveling... Sorry. This is not the worst part about it. But one of the bad things about this is you have to go get these shots on certain days, right? Oh, so you can't, like, basically can't no, you leave. No, can't, you can't, but it's it's first day, third day, seventh day, 14th day. Or you die. You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> you're, like, so I call the doctor. I'm like, can I do it, like, on the eighth day because I'm, like, I'm, because of my travel, I, you know, be more convenient. She's like, no. The answer is no, right? <laughs> so on the seventh day, what... What major city in America would you not want to go to the emergency room? And which, what, what's the number one city in America where you not, would not want to go to the emergency room? Well, I mean, room? honestly, I'd start with D.C., but like, I don't know. In California, oh. San Francisco. Oh, no, I'm, no, 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 no. I, I didn't even, even cross my mind. I'm, in, I'm traveling through, and I have to go to an ER in San Francisco oh. in order to get these shots, right? McHenry, you, I mean, like, this, is, this, is, this is awful. Oh, it's amazing. 
It's amazing. I got so many free needles to come home. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding about that. <laughs> they kidding gave about. you the crack pipe oh, yeah. while you're at no, it. They, they, yes, they, 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 Joe Biden. <laughs> Here's your rabies shot and uh, some crack if you're interested. Here you go. It's a, it's a Hunter Biden. Just try not to rob the Louis Vuitton on the way out. <laughs> Oh, man, this is great. Now, so <clears throat> I want to clear the decks on something else. You didn't go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, did you? No, I'm in the same room with you. I don't want to be a super spreader like that. Okay. Well, I I, I, <laughs> I think that's – I just want to clear the decks on that because I don't know who, what self-respecting congressman, Republican congressman at this point would go to not that this one. situation. No, oh, not goodness. this one. It's amazing. What a disaster. What a pretentious disaster. Yes. I mean, I just saw some clips, but, like, you, you read – all the morning publications in D.C., and it's like, oh, the only thing they can talk about is celebrating themselves. Oh, of course. The standing ovation for Joe Biden at the end was like a nice kicker. Oh, man. I mean, it's worse than it used to be, right? I mean, because like 10 years ago, I'd go to these, and it wasn't like that. Like, I mean, it was just kind of like you're hanging out with your buddies or whatever, and it was kind of like an assembly. Now, it, it like, literally is just a celebration of Democrats. Oh, it is. I mean, it's it's journalists pass, pat, patting themselves on the back, and um, in the administration now taking a easy walk yeah yeah and just, just enjoying themselves right they're all so brilliant but those events are fine like three or four republicans gathering together very bad triple uh, masked yeah you need like seven vaccinations in dc filled for you know two big events eh, yeah, no big deal, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> all right so i gotta ask you a couple of serious things here because you made some big news a couple of weeks ago when you decided you're not going to be running for whip you're basically going to focus in on becoming chairman of financial services. That's right. So I served four years, uh, sorry, five years in the uh, when we're in the majority as chief deputy whip, which is uh, the in, sort of COO of the of the of whip the, operation. Yeah, the whip operation. Yeah. In, in the House, it's different than the Senate. Um, but the functional piece was I worked with members in policy every day. And that yeah. was my job. I'm not the outside guy. I'm the inside guy. Um, so I love that work. Love working with members. Love working with policy. Love shaping outcomes when the majority. Love getting the outcome too. Right. And it takes a special member to love dealing with the members. Oh yes, well, <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's a special. Either, yeah. Yes, uh, special is the right word. Um, no, but you have to have you have to have this you have to have a certain mentality to actually like that abuse because it is uh, you know I all, like people yeah. too right. Which you is, like people, but you also have to like the abuse of your colleagues directly abusing you on a daily weekly basis right um it, it and, and it's usually the same group of folks that are like sporting with you every week but i love that work uh but when i was in my second term uh, in um in congress I, I said there are only two jobs in the place i wanted to be whip or chair of the financial services committee so now i'm Ooh, that's a real crossroads. Oh, it is. Yeah. Because I think we're going to get the majority in the House. I think yeah. everything's shaping up very nicely, and I'm working for it, for that. But if we get the majority, then you got to go make a choice. Well, it's not fair to go into day after the election and say, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, give your colleagues like yeah. 10 minutes before they have to make a decision. Yeah, and there are a whole group of folks that would be great chairs of financial services, a whole group of folks would be great right. whips. And so I decided to just get out of the way and, and let people make a decision. The reason why I made this decision is the two biggest votes next Congress I, I see are raising the debt ceiling and funding the government. Yeah. Um, and the only two things that you absolutely have to do. Have to do. Yeah. And if you have a strategy around those things, you can get you can get good outcomes. But yeah. you have to have a strategy around it. If you don't have a strategy around it, it happens and you've lose you've lost your your major point of uh, of uh, of opportunity for yeah a your leverage yeah. right. 
I mean, look, you were <clears throat> leading stuff back when we were doing this in the early 2010s. And I mean, that what a perfect example of that. You can do it the right way or you yeah. can do it the wrong way. And so uh, if we do it the right way, good outcomes. If we don't, eh, yeah. right? Um, then it, then it's kind of what happened before. Uh, but with financial services, I think, I think we've got a handful of opportunities here. Real oversight, yes, yeah. of these out-of-control regulators. I right. Mean, which is particularly important with this administration. They can't get shit done legislatively. And so now it's like all in the agencies trying to just make business and everything else as hard to operate as possible. Right. And so they can't get their climate change agenda passed on the Hill. So they want it to be done through bank regulation. Yeah. They can't get it done just through bank regulation. They want it to be done through the Securities Exchange Commission. They can't pass their social agenda. So they're putting on big businesses to carry out their social agenda. Yeah. No, so no kidding. So all of that emphasis is, is in my jurisdiction. Then you layer on inflation and what's happening there, the impact it's having on the American people. It's in my, uh, my jurisdiction. And then the opportunity set around policy, around data privacy, and around uh, digital assets. Yeah. Huge opportunity for us to legislate and get it done in a bipartisan way. Right. Crypto, yeah. yeah. And there's a huge opportunity uh, for us to get um, a, a good definition of what is a digital asset, uh, good definition around uh, a bunch of work that is being done in this new generation of internet technology yeah. around uh, Web3 or cryptocurrency, however right. you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it brings me great comfort to know that you are saddling up for this, right? Because I think this is one of those things where it's unquestionably one of the greatest new generation developments in all of financial services, I mean, for as long as I can remember, but it can be done terribly. Absolutely, and this administration has an eye to do that. You yeah. have some within the administration with an eye to, to do it in the wrong way. Uh, and those are the independent agencies that would just go run roughshod over it. You got some smart people in the White House and Treasury that want to do it in a, in a smarter way where we can have real conversations. The real issue here is we have the uh, – we're living through Web 2, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, which means Web 1 is read, right? You, you just read the whatever, the newspaper online. Yeah. Web 2 is read and write, meaning – you can communicate back back and forth over a platform. Think Facebook, think Twitter. Right. But it's controlled by a large corporation, and those rules are set by the board of directors of the ownership group. So you see what's happening with Elon Musk and Twitter, Yeah. right? Elon Musk did in two weeks more than the Congress could do in the last six years mm -hmm. on changing social media interaction. Web3 is a different, uh, different architecture entirely, where everyone who's participating in it has a role in the rules and setting of the rules and even in some ways in some forms ownership of what that platform is so web3 is based off of uh, digital tokens is based off cryptocurrency if you want to think of that way um, and though that architecture of how uh, web3 is organized is a very different thing and and could if done correctly uh, fix the ills of web2 interesting Right. So you think of you think of uh, Twitter writing the rules for interaction, deplatforming people, and they're making this decision in a very uh, behind closed doors way. Right. Um, as opposed to an open protocol where we all set the rules for interaction. If you break the rules, it's all clear to everyone, and you can do it through an algorithm of taking somebody off if they break the rules, or uh, or if there is um, and so fewer mistakes, and it's done out in the in the public so there's there's a whole total transparency right yeah. i mean which is everything that we're lacking yes total transparency because the code is open to everyone mm -hmm. we don't understand the algorithms in twitter right right <laughs> elon musk sure. will be telling us about it in the coming weeks but we don't understand 
uh, the, the rules in Facebook or Twitter or those interactions and why people get kicked off or not kicked off, why some speech is amplified, others are not, what is a shadow ban, or all these other questions. Yeah. That, we have a that, good idea of, of, of where it's coming from. Right. Right. But, but why and, and, and the subjectivity of it is just unbelievable. As opposed to an open protocol where everyone can see the interaction and everyone has control over right. that. Meaning it's a collective group that agrees to the code and the type of interaction we have. It's a very different set of architecture and it's built around digital assets and um, in, a, in uh, a distributed ledger. I'm uh, glad you like working with your uh, members because I have a feeling that teaching your colleagues some of this stuff is going to be uh, It's eye-opening to some of them. <laughs> it is eye-opening to some of them. Um, when you say Web3 and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> So anyway, uh, there, there's opportunity uh, to get this right. Yeah. And I think we're at this point where uh, we were, were with the internet in the early 90s. We are with this new generation of internet technology around digital tokens, digital assets, cryptocurrency. I think that's the inflection point right now. So you think we're years. at sort of the beginning of a new explosion here of, of, of brand new internet, brand new way of payment processing of communication of everything else everything else and so even the way that information is distributed uh so it's 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 the way artists collect revenue Mm -hmm. uh the oh right yeah so i mean you think of uh you know uh digital rights to songs right and you have to have a conduit in order to share that well you can do that with code Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it can reduce the cost of payments. It can mean that the people that are actually creating the content get the best uh, share of the value, the higher share of the value. There's huge opportunity around it. <laughs> so it's not just payments. It's not just payments. It's not just boring uh, movement of money. Right. It's actually the rights that connect with the, the infrastructure money. behind it commerce itself yes. in some ways yes that's really unbelievable well listen again i'm very glad that you've got your eye on this because this administration's not breeding a whole lot of confidence really <laughs> shocking i mean tell me as someone who's not just well versed in this but sort of everything financial services when you are watching this administration approach let's just start with inflation right and you've got eight and a half percent inflation we have all these problems just cascading across the country people having trouble paying for things and then you get chuck schumer and the biden administration they're like yeah i know we just we have to raise taxes and that's how we get out well that is the most democrat answer a democrat could give right like how do they even process that right well what's what's the whole what's uh what's the line you know like we're you know the the killers in the building right <laughs> like that whole thing yeah right? right the the person who did this is actually in the administration it's like and they're looking for the the criminal it's the hot dog meme right yes. we're all looking yes. for who's who did this yes. <laughs> and they're so all in the hot dogs they're the ones that did it yeah right we had bipartisan we had bipartisan um bills throughout the pandemic to float the economy when the world was shutting down. We did that in a bipartisan way, and at the very end they said, we want more spending. And the first big bill they got in a Democrat-only Washington, out of the House, the Senate, and the White House, no Republican votes, was to spend the most amount of money we've ever spent in one spending bill. And then they look around and say, well, why is there inflation? Like, (laughs) because of your spending. Because of the very policies you put in place. And this is as old as Democrats. Which it feels impossible that, that you have to explain that, right? It's like, oh, well, you flooded the, the marketplace with currency. Like, like what happened? It's just not going to be worth what it yes. was, right? Like, we've devalued currency, and we've spent so much money out of Washington that 
people can't hold on to what they've got. It's this flooding of the whole marketplace yeah. that is extraordinary right now. And it's because of Democrat policies. But you think about this. This is as old as the Democrat Party. Yeah. This is the way they want you to feel prosperity is through a synthetic government-driven thing. And it's only a temporary hit. Mm-hmm. It is only a temporary hit. And that's what they do. What we want is the solid protein of this stuff, not the sugar high they give you. Mm-hmm. That we want you to give you serious good conservative results over time, which means government gets back and pulls back and allows the real economy to function. Yeah, opportunity means, for innovation and everything else. So a dollar today is a dollar tomorrow. Uh, we rein in federal spending so that it, it is not the problem in the economy. We do the basic functions of government, people keeping people safe and secure, and get out of the way for the rest. That is... That those are the Republican policies that counter inflation. Uh, Third final thing is music. stop electing Democrats. That's how you get inflation. <laughs> that's how you get this stuff. Yeah. And that's in the American people, the Democrats thought, well, we just didn't get it right when we did this in the 70s, right? That, oh, that people might like it now. Yeah. They might like inflation now. They might not be on to us. Yeah, this wet blanket over the American economy is terrific. Oh, they great. just don't understand how great it is. And so they're trying to deliver and say, oh, no, it's fine. Ignore everything on the grocery shelves. Yeah. Ignore the fact that each week you go into shop, it's more expensive if than If you the can last find week. it at yes. all, right? Yes. And then the latest thing is... I don't know, the latest news last week is you have a shortage of baby formula. Yeah, that was terrifying, right? It's insane. Totally nuts. And now it's just beginning with what this administration's doing to food prices because they're taking, instead of actually putting oil in tanks to go fuel the economy, they want to put food in tanks to fuel fuel the economy when we have record high food prices. It's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And that's before you even see fertilizer costs go up because of their energy policy and the fact that we haven't we don't have a solid immigrate uh, we don't have solid um, uh, import export policies and regulatory policies here at home. So we're 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 putting people at real risk over the coming years. Oh, man. Not just here in the United States, but globally. Well listen, if ever you heard a good pitch on why we need to turn the page on democratic government, this is it. Um, again, I take great satisfaction in knowing that you've chosen what you're doing because leading this fight is just in critical importance to basically every American family. Uh, I got to, I, I got to get you out of here, but I have three questions. And they, I mean, these are the ones, right? These, this is like, this is the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they like the Fox stuff. They like your agenda, but you know, if you don't get the last meal on earth, right, <laughs> it's a real problem. So the first question is if you could plan your last meal on earth, what would it be? Uh, Black's Barbecue in Gastonia, North Carolina is a place I grew up going to. Uh, and I would get two sliced uh, barbecue sandwiches, fry, and a sweet tea. Right? Yes. <laughs> and that is the if I planned. If I'm at home, anything that my wife would make oh, would see, be just and you've even hedged fantastic. It. You've even hedged no. it. To, to, uh, I mean, like I, but but she knows. She's she taking care of it. Yeah, she knows the deal. <laughs> well, you can plant, so you can, you can have Black's. But but I this is listen if you'd had answered any other way than what you did with barbecue I would have been like come on oh come on like you're not from North Carolina <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, come on right. come on okay give me the card back right exactly. you're not really from North Carolina exactly I love it okay that's a good answer two and this one's particularly interesting for you because you've you've got such deep policy knowledge but I, I imagine you got a lot under the hood here in terms of your interests if you never got into public service at all and you could just blue sky the last you know decades of your life and you can do literally anything you wanted to do what would it be uh this question you have to take out after you asked ted cruz and he said that he's going to play in the nba yeah 
like it, it's an irrelevant question after that. <laughs> Come on, seriously. Like in my size with my athleticism, like I like for me to say like offensive linemen in the NFL would be as equally valid. Like why? Like because Runyon, Runyon was the dirtiest guy in the NFL, yeah, right? Right. And I'm thinking, well, I could play that way. Right? <laughs> well, now the fox except, is except you. well, ex- yeah, except the, uh, that I screamed at a fox, right? <laughs> um, no, so the, the the answer here is probably uh, it, it would be a history professor. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, okay. Yeah, exactly. You I don't mean, even know what to do with that now. I don't know what to do with that. I mean, I, look, it doesn't surprise me in that you are. I mean, look, you're an intellectual's far, intellectual, and you're. But it's far. It's it's so difficult to answer the question after Ted Cruz said that he's going to play in right. the NBA. Yeah, it's just very difficult for me to take take the question with the same sort of seriousness and. Uh, that, that, I, that, that, that answering history professor would would give you right yeah yeah it's what i say every time somebody says it well, was I the only question that i i prepared for and i had no answer walking in here like i i listened to i like i listened to the program i got it i got it i listen i understand and i know this is the one question i've got to answer i don't have an answer for it because of because of ted cruz he just ruined the he question. ruined it but you yeah. know what you've raised an important point because we're not teaching history particularly american history very well anymore so Look, if you're inspiring a few listeners to get into that, I like it. I like it. Well, I appreciate your 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 kindness and the response as opposed to the absurdity. <laughs> we always use Cruz when somebody's like, well, I just would have done what I was doing before. I'm always like, listen, Cruz said he was going to be an NBA basketball player. Let's expand the Come scope on. here a little bit. Come on. Say, <laughs> say anything. Say anything. I'm going to be an astronaut. Right? right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So here's the last one. And you're a listener, so you get it. Thrill of victory. Agony of defeat. Thrill of victory, Sunny Optimist, agony of defeat, every victory lasts a second, every setback is what you motivates you to try to overcome. I would love, I would love to say the thrill of victory. I would love to say that. And I know that's what some people want to hear from their politicians. Yes. But it's the agony of defeat. You're a total agony of it, defeat guy. It Absolute. I roll around thinking about these things, right? <laughs> Sitting there in the Capitol, going through votes, thinking, what are the five things that could happen yeah. this week to blow us up, right? Yeah. That is the type of thinking I have. Yeah. That is the type of thinking I have when we go to the House floor, something blows up on the House floor. I walk off the House floor, I'm like, we've got to talk through this. We've got to go celebrate this thing. And we got to burn it into our consciousness so we never forget. There you right? go. It's that type of, yeah. that's the type of work you've got to be about in order to get stuff done. Yeah, you got to grind. It doesn't surprise me for a moment that that is your answer. You are you are a prototypical agony defeat guy, <laughs> and you've done it really, really well uh, over a lot of years. We appreciate everything that you're doing, everything you will do, because obviously the big work, if we're fortunate enough to get the majority back, starts next January, and then hopefully we get an administration where you can start making some forward progress on on these things with the republican agenda but uh congressman patrick McHenry, thank you for coming in thanks for all this this is great i mean listen we got a big animal slate of things we're dealing with <laughs> financial survey crypto we covered it all the best part is my kids still keep asking me what the fox says <laughs> right now you can tell them <laughs> sounds like you added to it too uh last thing if our listeners want to help you out want to learn more, uh, want to be a part of your campaigns and what you're doing for your colleagues, where can they find you? McHenry.house.gov or Twitter, Facebook, the whole deal. 
uh, or my campaign, McHenryForCongress.com. Perfect. Patrick McHenry, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be with you. What a delight. Man, that guy is a lot of fun. I'm just sort of sad I missed it. I mean, guys, this guy was bringing the heat. You're actually, you're probably all glad that you weren't in studio uh, with him as I was because he had heat for all of you. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he had heat for all of you. He saved in his back pocket. He says he's going to bring it next time he comes. But he had a little, he had commentary on every one of you. He needs to come back. I'm a huge fan of his and, and folks from North Carolina. Yeah. In general, he's doing an outstanding job. He is, and he is a very important person when it comes to a Republican majority. He's got a handle on crypto and everything else like nobody else. So really, really appreciate him coming on. And uh, listen, fellas, I think we did it. I mean, if I have to say so myself, absolute banger of an episode, gentlemen. Uh, And thanks again to all the Minions for leaving those five-star reviews. We read them all. Thank you so much. So until next time, Minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless.